We're ready to go. We're ready to do a podcast. I feel so ready. You said you don't like doing podcasts, though, Claire. Just, uh, you know, anything I say can and will be held against me in a court of law. Even so. in more than a court of law, just in the court of the of the world of just general justice. Like a, that's a very large court that I don't know that I'm ready to face. That can't be the. That can't be why you don't want to do a podcast. Ah. Uh, you know, just being on, just kind of... Right. Well, on. you don't need to be on. It's my job to be on. You just have to chill. I just get to it's, chill. Think of it like a spa. You're the customer. You know, I'm just here to, like, ask... I'm just here to ask you questions that you want to be asked. Because, you know what I mean? I think it's easy. I'll yeah. start I'll start right this now. Easy. I'll right. start right now. You ready? <laughs> um... <laughs> Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Welcome show. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang show, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> We're here in Cabo. Uh, thanks to Precision Pro, Lab Golf, and Tacoma for making this wonderful show possible. Um, we there's a lot going on here, but I want to just start with kind of like a like I had I had a question actually that I was that I really want to ask you, and we can just dip into it. When was the last time you were and it doesn't need to be some great moment, but when was the last time you were like really inspired by anything? It doesn't matter what it is. You guys might have to cut my pause. No, trust <laughs> me, we, we lean in. Really? People, people listening right now, they're pulling over with their cars. <laughs> like, what's, what's about? What she is? What is she about? They, they're actually checking their radio to see if it stops. Someone's outside on the hood, they're moving so, around. You know, they say this. Um, who was the? Oh, Hitchcock. He said that the most startling thing an actor can do is do absolutely nothing. That's so true. So when you're watching a movie and the actor stops, yeah. it's totally unfamiliar. So, yeah, for sure. So enjoy the, embrace the pause okay. and just think about, you know, when, when was the last time? Like, I want to know, like, what was something, what was the last thing that was like, oh, wow, I'm like really inspired about that. Like, I really, like, you know, an inspire is like you want to create, you want to do, you want to, mm-hmm. you know, you want to like, you know, like something you like, maybe could be a video or a photo yeah. or, or a painting you saw, or like really meaningful, yeah, yeah, or a um, golf swing. Hmm, kind of drawing a blank, honestly. Like, I remember the last time I felt inspired, I don't remember the last thing that like I felt inspired by. When was the last time you felt inspired? The last time I felt inspired was probably a month ago. Um, I was really living on the high vibes, and I feel like. The higher your vibe, the happier you are. Happier you are, the less you want for things, and the more things just kind of like come to you. Um, so I think I was just like in a really good state about a month ago, and like I was just able to be more open to like creativity because I feel like I feel like twenty twenty three or twenty twenty three. I'm already living in the future. Get me out of twenty twenty two. I feel like twenty twenty two has been kind of like a lot for me. So. I feel I've kind of been like in survival mode and not really in like creative mode and like inspired and like living free. Yeah. So I've kind of just been like, okay, like I have a lot to do. I got to stay on it versus like inspiration and creativity is like that's born of like elevated emotions. You know what I mean? Elevated emotions. Yeah. I've heard that phrase before. Uh huh. Yeah. You know that phrase, Jojo? How, this can't become a Joe Dispenza podcast. 
I just love Joe Dispenza. Let me just be a Joe Dispenza stan every day. Got his own podcast. How badass would it be if I was like... Not enough. <laughs> how great would it be if, I, if Joe... If I was like, Joe, it's time to come in. And he just walks in. I it's like, would it's like an Ellen like, show? I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I would just embrace him. What would you ask like, him? I think I just ask him like... How do I live in that state? Because I'll be real with y'all. Joe got me to that state about a month ago. It was, it was Joe. Joe. It was Joe Dispenza. Because he's so inspiring. This can't become a Joe Dispenza for, for the listener, just, just so we have the background. So who is this person? Why don't and, you tell him about Joe Dispenza? And what is the, what is, how does this relate to the game of golf? Oh my gosh, question. it relates so heavily. I mean, Joe Dispenza is a speaker and a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, what does he speak and write about? <laughs> He speaks and writes about um, the power of the mind, I guess, is like the way I would say it. Um, Absolutely. And uh, he also creates meditations, which I love. And we've already talked about this. So. Briefly. Bri- <laughs> True. I mean, briefly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and um, I guess he's known for a couple different books. The one that I've read most recently is called Becoming Superhuman. Becoming Supernatural. Uh, that's right. Becoming... Did you really read it? Or did you I, just look at the front? I listened to it on tape. <laughs> I clearly didn't look at the front. Um, and... I listen to books on tape too. I'm too busy to read. Yeah. And then Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yeah, I have those too. Yeah. I'm halfway done with both. They're, they're quite <laughs> dense. but here's They the are thing. super dense. They're really hard to listen to on tape. Like I'm telling myself, like I'm just listening to them on tape to like get the ideas like initially planted in my mind. And at some point, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm sitting down with a pat, a pen and paper, my highlighter out. And I'm going to be reading this, like underlining things, highlighting things, like taking notes because the information is so valuable. And I feel like if I could like properly execute on everything he says, like my life would be like maxed out. And that's kind of like the way I want to live life is just like maxed out. <laughs> maxed out. Maxed out. Like, why would you want to live life just coasting? Just kind of like, oh yeah, like I survived. I got through my days. Like, I'm like, no. I want to be, like, the most authentic. I want to have the best connections. I want to have, like, the greatest relationships. I just, like, want to live yeah. real good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, put everything you can into life. Yeah. Squeeze the most juice out of that lemon. Yeah. Truly live. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about Joe, too, is, like, we can just, we can maybe, what are we, can, we can talk about. Maybe I, we can change the topic. I'll talk about him for as point. long <laughs> as we want. <laughs> but the cool thing is you can actually just go on YouTube and probably find yes, a clip of him talking. Then and I've seen a couple of these and, and he was actually in um I think he was in he was either in What the Bleep Do We Know? Yeah, he was. That's what it was. You've seen that? No, I haven't, oh. but he writes about it. She's a real fan. I'm a, some, I'm a real fan. Some people are just like super into Harry Styles <laughs> or Taylor Swift. To me, those seem like a big waste of time. Like, I'm out here, like, studying the power of the mind, creating my reality, and some of y'all are just into Taylor Swift. So what's your, like, current... By the way, uh, Claire Hogle, if you're unfamiliar... I was uh, wondering. I was wondering. Plays a great golf game, calls herself a scratch. Definitely, (laughs) definitely has the ability to be, like, mid-plus. Like, plus plus three, plus four. Yeah, I was plus four in college. Yeah, Plus it's happened before. Four. So, but to just just you don't know what a plus four is. It's not a four. Okay, it's the opposite. It means that when you walk on the first tee box, you have four strokes on you that you need to get off. Yeah, got to make the birds to get so, back to even. 
Yeah. So, uh, and, and it's expected given your ability that you will make four birdies around on a standard golf course. From the men's tees. Yeah. It wasn't like I shot 68, but like I played from the men's tees and because like your handicap, basically Dave, who you've just, just done a podcast with. Dave Fink. Dave Fink. New best friend. Cabo Dave. Love that guy. Honestly, most time I felt, or no, most recent time I felt inspired was around Cabo Dave. Yeah. Love that guy. He's just a good dude. He's like such a good example of like just being a really genuine, authentic, vulnerable, supportive, encouraging person to everyone around you. Like I really think Dave is like a really awesome person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like psyched I went on this trip just because I met Cabo Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're best friends now. Yeah, we are best friends. And it's mutual. Like we talked about it. It's, it's, it's agreed. You have a, you've done we a blood. We have a best friendship. You shared the blood. We're probably going to get like friendship bracelets maybe next week. <laughs> I thought you were going to get tattoos. He's getting them right now. <laughs> I got excited. I thought we were doing a tattoo this trip. We'll start with bracelets. I'm, I'm not a tattoo girl. I know I you're done. I have a single tattoo, so. Would you ever get a tattoo? Yeah, it would probably be cute and aesthetic. Um, like maybe like under the wrist or like like on the ankle or just somewhere cute. And it might be like a small like lotus flower or something. Real question. How much would it cost? Like if right now, if we went to a tattoo parlor, how much would it cost to get the RGC monogram tattooed on your right arm? This is a question we need to be asking more often. Yeah. How many drinks have I had at this point? No, no. I would say entirely (laughs) sober. What would it cost? Entirely sober. Like I wake up the next day and I was like, honestly, fair trade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a number. Yeah. I mean, there's a number. It's your number. Yeah. Everybody's got a number. Um, Don't be ashamed if it's high. It's yeah. fine. The RGC logo. Is it? It's this thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cute, honestly. It's Random a, golf club. Aesthetic. It is a bit aesthetic. Um, I, I could honestly just tell people, like, I went on this life-changing trip. Random golf club. Um, When they asked me, like, what the meaning of the tattoo was. Probably around it could it could be funny. I could use it in content. Probably around like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, okay, <laughs> this is a tad higher than I was expecting. She she said seven hundred. I was like, we're gonna get away with seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I was thinking five thousand. No. <laughs> Fair. Got oh, it. You're worth queens. I got it. That's queens good. and kings. That's good. So. um so anyway, we, we you came down here. We did the breaking series, and we can talk about all that. But I just want to back up and go to the, um, you know, so going back to Joe Dispenza. Of course. Which is like, I mean, this is my favorite shit. <laughs> I like jam on this shit. Yes. Um, what is your, like, current, is there, like, a mantra now? What do you take with you? you there is, but you don't want to tell me. Um, that's not the case. I try to be as much of an open book as feasibly possible. Um. What is my biggest takeaway from him? My biggest takeaway from him is that everything is possible and that each day and each moment is a new opportunity to be the person you want to be. So, and I feel like that can apply to golf. Obviously, like, every single shot and even every single moment, like in between shots is an opportunity for you to be the player that you want to be. Um, and anything's possible. Like just because maybe your round hasn't been going well on the front nine, like doesn't mean that on the back nine, you can't have the best 
nine you've ever had or just because you've been missing all the putts, you know, up until a certain point in your round or during the week or even in your career doesn't mean that the putt that you're standing over right now can't go in. So I really appreciate um, just the like fearless positivity that Joe brings to the table. And like when I say fearless, it's like not entirely fearless because like when you're positive, that puts you at a certain level that like you now have the potential to be disappointed versus if you set your standards so low and you're just like, ah, today's going to be whatever, ah, this but pro probably won't go in. Like you're never truly disappointed when the day doesn't go great or when the putt doesn't go in because you never even gave yourself the opportunity to believe that it could be the best day of your life or that you could make the best swing you've ever made, you know? Ace cam. That's why I love ace cam so much. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, I really do. Because you should step, you should step up to every shot, not not just on par threes, but every single shot should be like this. Could literally be the best shot I've ever hit. This shot could literally go in right now. Like at any moment, things can change for like the best possible outcome. And I think we like so often just get accustomed to like Joe talks about like living in the past and projecting your future based upon the past. And so then you become like basically just a rerun and a slave to the things that you've already experienced and like a slave to like what you believe is like possible, which is like you limit yourself. So, yeah. Okay. So were you like different before or have you always kind of been of this mind such a good question mm -hmm. it was like in competitive golf in college oh my gosh, were you yeah. that enlightened <laughs> was i this enlightened you know what's funny like i understand the concepts um like cognitively and like i had that experience about a month ago where i was like actually living in that state that i want to live in which gave me so much like now i recognize it when i see it i recognize like awesome energy when I see it and like true creativity and inspiration when I see it because I had that like really good week where I was like on my BS I was like doing my meditations I was like on your BS I was on my bullshit oh is that a yeah okay that's I was like on it what the kids are saying Eric yeah that's what the kids say taking notes yeah okay um so <laughs> got it but I'll never say basically that. I'm never saying it might grow on you. BS I grow on you, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it grew on me when I first heard it. I was like, mm-mm. But now it's mine. Uh, I claim it. Anyways, um, in competitive golf, I was not this positive. Well, sometimes I was. It is the basis for, I think, like, my interest in Joe Dispenza's teachings because, like, my best rounds of golf, I – made sure that I walked in with a mantra. I'd like bring like a post-it note and I'd write like, it's not over till it's over. I'd like write like my little mantras. I'd set like promises to myself about like the attitude that I was going to bring. Um, like my, just like, you know, visual, visualizing, believing in myself. I like over every putt, I have a breathing routine to like release tension and allow like my thoughts to stay positive. Um, and like, you know, I, I had mantras for putting, like putting's my bread and butter. I kind of tell everyone that. And like, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off, but like when it's on, I'm like tension free. I'm like, this is going in, like I'm rolling this putt in and like, I don't know. 
in in competitive golf, I definitely like paid a lot more attention to mental game than I think like a lot of the people around me. But um, I wasn't as positive or optimistic as I am now or like as I am when I like come to the game with like the right mindset of like, I'm so lucky to be out here. Like, I can't wait to hit all these shots. Like, it's such a fun challenge that like when you pull it off, you feel like so much like joy, like when you hit a good shot. (laughs) Um, Is that kind of a rare mindset in the game of golf, would you say? the way you were looking at it? Or would you say it's actually quite common? What mindset? The kind of idea that you can make anything. The idea that, you know, like your mind truly controls the golf ball more than perhaps. Yeah, I think it's rare. I think it's more common in golf than it is in a lot of other arenas. Um, because I think a lot of people recognize just how mental golf is. Whereas like in football, you can be like, no, I'm just going to run harder and, you know, plow them over you know that's not so much about like um like namaste like you like was watch i was watching your secret documentary (laughs) (laughs) um and basically it says like in a four-hour round of golf you spend two minutes actually swinging the club so it's three hours and 58 minutes of you just thinking Mm. which like golf is the least reactive sport i think maybe possible um, just because of how slow it is and how much time in between shots you have to think. So I think in golf, it's, it's not as uncommon, um, but it is still uncommon. Cause like, just thinking about like, you know, the majority of golfers are not like even close to a scratch handicap and they just go out and like, you know, play to drink or play to socialize or, you know, just play cause they like, like to hit the rare good shot. But I don't think that a lot of people have, and it's it is courageous. I don't think a lot of people have the courage or the willpower to decide. I am going to really give this shot a chance. Yeah. Why does that take courage? Because it's so much easier to just give up on yourself before you even try, because then there's no failing. And why is that good? Why is what good? Why is no failing a good outcome? It's not. We like trick ourselves into thinking that, but then we settle for mediocrity and then we just feel like, "Eh, okay, I went through my day, I woke up, I went to bed. You know what I mean? And so you don't set goals. If you don't like really try for something, it's like, what's the point? You're just going through the motions. And a lot of people do that because it's easier than. Absolutely. It requires no thought. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the better things about meditation that like I think is underrated is that you like just get a time to like check in with yourself and be like, how am I feeling? And like what might be the best possible outcome? And I don't do that nearly enough. Like I can talk about this stuff all day, but it's also a matter of just implementing it. But like I don't I don't like sit down and think like, oh, like what would be like my greatest goal for this year like what's the best possible outcome for today and like I think that's really essential to have a goal in mind for everything that you do and for every interaction you go into like you know like what's the best possible outcome here and like how can I be the person that I need to be how can I show up in order to like support that happening yeah it's funny guys I'm thinking about um yesterday we played golf 
And I played terribly, right? You played great. I played terribly. Yeah. The story was more around me playing terribly than you playing great. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is just now today, just, just now this this moment here, sitting here, is I realized like, wait a minute. Like, what if I had played okay? Then I would have, we would we went out last night to the driving range at Cabo San Lucas Country Club, you know, the, the, the real vibe of golf in Cabo. You know, public. Mm-hmm. We were the only gringos. The locals. The local vibe was just high flavor. <laughs> and and like I went there and I was like, Fink, I need help. And he was aware of that. And he was ready. And, you know, we did the lesson. And I don't know, um, have I not been knocked that far down during the day? I don't know that I would have been in the place yeah, to accept – this this new thing that was ultimately going to really 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 revolutionize you revolutionize think. yes fire it up mm-hmm. so just think about that like you know because because and and Daniel actually who's with us on this trip was this real force in my life when I was having a really tough time early this year going through just like a tremendously challenging situation maybe the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life that I haven't. There's not, it's not really, there's no point in talking about it at, in, on like a public level, but it's mm-hmm. like, it was just like some really fucking challenging shit that had to do with work and personal. It was like really tough. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Dan and I were talking about it and he's like, dude, like you're on, you're on a tram line and like, it's been okay to this point and it'll keep being okay. The path you're on. And, and it's kind of this idea of like things are predestined. Do you? No. You don't? No. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? I do not think things are predestined. I think at any moment, and I know, I almost like feel it for a fact based upon like this month ago where I was like apparently enlightened for like a week. Um, I just know that things are not predestined. You can allow them to be predestined and, and Joe Dispenza will tell you that things are predestined if you never sit down and meditate and decide who you want to be, what you want out of life, and then go for it. If you just, like, are, like, okay, like, this is how life's been going, and, like, it's easy to just, like, predict the future based upon the past, then, yes, you are living in determinism, which is not the vibe. (laughs) Um, I think that... I view it differently, though, actually. I view it differently, too. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm I'm just saying I, I... I actually I, feel pretty strongly about this, so let's debate. Let's I can tell you go. that. I, I actually don't that. typically like to debate, but like I'm ready to go right now. Well, it's not a debate, but I just... But I will take you down. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you think about determinism, Eric? I look at determinism as being a way of identifying purpose to the problem. Explain further. Well, like I just said, like yesterday I played like absolute shit. Like I played the worst I've played in a very long time. And... Then I was thinking about this, you know, we posted this thing today that said, if you don't give up on golf, golf won't give up on you. And I mean, that was said months ago. And the piece came up today. I saw it. I didn't pick it. it I Something I said that came up and I saw it and I posted it. And then it was, it, we went to the range last night and I hit balls and I didn't give up. And then today we went and had this ma- magical day where, I mean, I lipped out on a par three. And your idea of like ace cam being something that's like really powerful to you. I go to take determinism and I say, yesterday, that terrible round was intentional. That, that was a thing that had to happen in order to create this new thing. And even like this challenging thing that took place earlier this year, right? Like 
that has brought a tremendous amount of self-confidence and learning and new people and excitement and ownership and just a feeling of power. Mm-hmm. But it was a true, truly polarizing, like 100% opposite experience of vulnerability and fear. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm talking about is this like idea that like the shit is the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, that's where I go I with totally determinism. I totally agree though. Yeah, I, I, totally I know you agree. agree and that's, that. why I, that's why I think we do agree. And so I don't think it's like determinism, whatever, how we define it's that. like a yes and. Yes. Yeah. And. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can talk about it because we, we agree. We don't need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, we don't need absolutely. to fight. We don't need to fight. We yeah, I guess, I guess I won't. But you're a great debater, aren't you? <laughs> what, what, what do you hate? What do I hate? really makes you, you made mad. a hateful face i saw that I, I saw you hate, i saw you get mad i hate disrespectful people mm. self-absorbed people rude people yeah i hate those people good what do you love what do i love i love good people <laughs> i like people um yeah i love like all things inspiring um nature art um dancing music singing good people um flowers flowers those are your flowers we should should point out that claire did set dress today if you're listening you can always go to the rgc radio youtube channel hit up the chan and watch um do you uh would you rather have uh, a child who is smart. Uh, sorry, would you rather have a child that's um, smart and rude and successful, or unsuccessful and not very smart but kind? Unsuccessful in what terms? Um, just how do you define success? Like, are they? Making their life about I guess it's helping others. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I get. Well, there you go. Boom. <laughs> answer questioned. Yeah. Question answered. Answer question. Definitely an answer question that was questioned. <laughs> she did start questioning immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, actually, the answer was questioned because my answer to you was a question. I was right all along. <laughs> <laughs> Comes full circle. Determinism. See, okay, and so um, what, do you have a do you have an idea of how you'll die? And we want you to answer that question right after this break. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, JoJo. BRB. All right, folks. It's time to talk about LinkedIn. Did you know that? Did you know that we were going to talk to you about LinkedIn right now? Are you enjoying the podcast, by the way? First of all, are you enjoying the pod? Because we're having a blast. It's the longest pod that's ever had been been pod. Yeah, it's basically you're, you're living within Claire Hogel's mind. And uh, and back to LinkedIn. <laughs> if you're a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 and 2024, by that matter, uh, all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. JoJo, you're only as good as your pickleball partner. <laughs> Wait, we're not. Sometimes we're on the same team, but sometimes we're not. If you're listening and you don't know what pickleball is, uh, welcome to 2023, and you're about to come to a neighborhood near you. <laughs> Um, Eric and I are occasionally pickleball partners like we are verbal sparring partners. 
and, uh, and we're work just, partners. It's just not really fair for anyone else, so they they got to split us up sometimes. And you know, we have LinkedIn Jobs and Random Golf Club to thank for that. Uh, you can hire qualified candidates and source qualified pickleball uh, partners, and you can officially match them with open roles. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs helps you to quickly attract qualified pickleball partners. <laughs> To your open pickleball roles. So just go to LinkedIn, and all you have to do is toggle down whether or not you're a spiker or a setter, whether you're a net player or behind. Are you a net? You're kind of a net. I'm a net player. Yeah, you like, I love the net. Yeah, I'm a net guy. Yeah. The net is just where all the teeth are. It's honestly, it, I'm a kitchen guy, and yeah. and I, you know me, I love to cook. You do. Yeah. On and off the court. You've been cooking up some good returns. Um, and LinkedIn Jobs can cook up some good candidates <laughs> for your next... Uh, role that you're looking for people for. Their resume data uses insights from your job post and it goes to their 875 capital M. Pretty sure I know what that means. Million. Million member profiles to put your host, your post rather. In, <laughs> I'm the host. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so. And what is the call to action? <laughs> call to action. It's highlighted, folks, and it's in bold. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to Faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash EAL show. That's linkedin.com slash EAL show to post your job for free. And as always, terms and conditions may apply. See you in the shower. <laughs> and the shower. Welcome to uh, KCRW. This is uh, College Talk Radio. Uh, currently on the subject of existentialism and the links. <laughs> We're here with Claire Hogel. And uh, Claire, um, would dying on a golf course the great a great place to die or the greatest place to die? Mm, man, you know, don't. I just can't like get into the whole dying conversation. Oh, you want to live forever? You must be like many of our listeners who have written in and asked us <laughs> to stop talking about. <laughs> Wait, really? It's an uncomfortable topic. We don't want to talk about death. No, just remember we got a couple DMs <laughs> from people who were like, you "Was guys it like, are, is everything okay?" Yeah, it was like, "You guys are really talking about death a lot." <laughs> everything yeah. okay? We talk about everything. Well, you, you don't know like what? talking about death. Death implies life. Death does imply life. I've, I, I'm a big podcast gal, which is how I found our BFFL, not Dave, What's but BFFL? Joe, best friend for life. Oh, Joe is a best friend. Joe. Love him so much. Do you know what BFFL was? I'm I'm from that generation. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know how to you guys break are the it to same you. age. Yeah, he's literally the same I'm, age. As I'm me. aware of this stuff. You're so much hairier like though. It. <laughs> It'll come in. It'll happen for you too. <laughs> I sure hope not. Um, but yeah, like in my podcast scouring, I've come across a lot of like really intelligent, inspiring people that talk about thinking about death and thinking about being on your deathbed and how that implies life and how that implies that you should have goals and standards for each day that you live and and a vision for your life and what your purpose is because if you're living without a purpose it's like you're just like almost not even standing on solid ground it's just like not good. <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> what uh, do you regret? What do I regret? Mm, I probably regret being around people that 
made me feel less than or like not good enough. Yeah. It's like kind of damaged my confidence. Like continuing, choosing to, con- to, to continue yes, to be around. Yes, once people. I realize like it's not a good situation and then like staying there instead of <laughs> doing what I know I should do. Because um, it takes a long time to rebuild your confidence. Yeah. I'm in that process. You're in that you're in that process now. Yeah. Can we ask one more death question? <laughs> one more death just one more death question. I know you're question, question to her, not no, a question for you. I'm bringing you into it. The death show. So if, if <laughs> what's <laughs> the death show? Such a good name for a podcast. <laughs> um by the way, for a guy who loves talking about death, I'm not into liquid death. The Have water. You tried really? the sparkling, like mango flavored ones. I'll try it. You should. Just like, it's actually really good. So here's the deal with that. It's way better than Lacroix because it has it has three grams of sugar in it. So they use just three grams. So you know, if a carb is four calories per gram, it's literally twelve calories. Okay, that's right. Not a lot. So there's there's like no sugar in these, but just that three grams of sugar just really adds to that mango essence. Like Lacroix, you know those those jokes that they make about Lacroix about like it being like it's as if you like were watching the static of like an orange on a TV while you're drinking. Blair is reading from cue cards right now from the Liquid Death Company (laughs) (laughs) over the side of the screen. They've actually, honestly, if I'm going to be real with you guys, they've (laughs) sent me cases of their water. They've sent me the mango sparkling. I'm still in the process of using it. They've sent me a lot of distilled mountain water. Um, They don't pay me. I wish they did because I'm I'm a big fan. And the cool thing about it is... What's the... (laughs) What's, what's, what's the, the cool, cool thing about it? <laughs> the coolest thing about it is if you don't drink, which I totally respect and admire that so deeply. I hope to get there one day. If you don't drink and you want to go to a bar. I have a friend of mine who doesn't really care to drink. He goes to the bar and he orders a, a liquid death because it looks like a beer can. But it's water. Wow. You're just hydrating. Yeah. But you kind of fit in. You don't have to feel like a, you're sticking out like a sore thumb. I'm a fan. And they also got a sense of humor about their packaging. You, <laughs> I love their brand. Liquid Death sponsor me. I'm looking. I'm just looking at her Instagram, seeing if there's a if there's a post. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> post. You are not. No, just, no I'm post. Just, I didn't even message them, being like, "Hey, thanks for the cases of water." They just yo, keep sending let's DM them. them. I want I'm like, this is fantastic. We'll send them. We'll send them the clip for you. What we're gonna do is we're gonna. Yes, please send them the clip, please. Sponsor me. I need money. I don't drink. And, I know. I, and a lot of and it's funny because we'll be out and I don't care. I'll drink water. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And and my friends will be like, "You want another drink?" I'm like, "Dude, I've had four sparkling waters. Like, <laughs> I, I am hydrated. I am as a ma. I am literally. I have too much water. <laughs> <laughs> I am all water and I am too much. <laughs> um, but yeah. So why um, don't you drink? I quit when I was twenty. <laughs> why twenty before the legal age of drinking? Yeah, I said, you know what. That that that's. You've had I, fun. I had had my fill. Wow. Yeah. You must have filled up real good <laughs> before the age of twenty. But honestly, I respect it like so so much. Like I like I said, I really ultimately don't want to drink because alcohol's poison. It literally is poison. Yep. Yeah, and I don't have that. Poison. I don't. I don't bring that up at dinner parties. <laughs> but uh, and I hey, that all the time. I'd be like, I would drink poison. if I could. Like if if I could just like chill and have a glass or two. Or whatever, mm-hmm. I would, but yeah. yeah, I don't. It's also like 
what I look at is like I don't the incentive isn't quite there. Like what's the draw? What's the value? Like, oh, do I do I what do I do I really need to unwind? Maybe there for me, I have an opportunity to unwind maybe even in even a more sustainable way or right. like inspi- empowering. Sustainable is a great word. And like empowering word. is a great word for it. Because I feel like drinking is a band-aid. Um, like it allows you to be vulnerable in yourself and maybe like liquid courage, like confident mm. for the period of time that it's in your system. But then once it's out of your system, you're like, okay, I'm still the same person. I still am struggling with the same demons. And it's that band-aid that like helps you get through social situations or your life or whatever's stressing you out. But then you come out the other side and like no solutions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's limited and it's this this like pleasure seeking i'm like i'm very much into like pleasure versus like i don't know what the other word is but it's like that sustainable good feeling mm. you know so it's not it's not like contentment drinking a lot and yeah maybe contentment it's not like drinking a lot and eating a lot a lot it's not like gluttony and like just pleasure 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 because once that like last bite of the donut is over like then all of a sudden you feel empty. Hmm. Like, I guess pleasure leaves you feeling empty and then whatever causes contentment, maybe that's like time in nature. Maybe that's like investing in yourself. Maybe that's meditating. Maybe that's whatever it is that like brings you that contentment. It's not gone. Once you stop doing it, it persists and you like change as a person. Yeah. Yeah. It's making me think of, um, you know, in video games when you like, um, collect an item that gives you immunity, for example, and it's a temporary experience, right? Like you have, you have this one feature added to your character for 20 seconds or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and make early, the most of it in that 20 seconds. Yeah. Like Super Mario, if you're playing Super Mario Super Bros Mario. and you go full rainbow on them and it's like, dun, 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 Then you like really got to get You were so happy to get that reference. You pointed finger and you were like, video game, I know. I was like, thank God, Mario. <laughs> By the way, Mario, just one name, and it's like, I got it. <laughs> There's a few different... Dun, 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 Back to what I was saying. Yeah. So one day I want to stop. Be inhaling more rosé. You know what's really good about rosé when it goes into your lungs, because then it, the alcohol hits you oh, even faster. I think that's called liquid death. <laughs> it's called liquid drunk. Hey! But dang, but, Jojo got some one-liners. He does. No, he's brilliant. Brilliant we, man beside us here. You should be in shot. I'm in shot. He's got a camera. He's posing as a producer. He doesn't know how to work that thing. <laughs> it's just a, fucking, it's just it's a not, box. That thing's not plugged into anything. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I love that so much. Over here, it's just a little video game. <laughs> just, just Tetris. You actually don't know what any of that does? No, he does. No, it's that we're using. He's an audio oh. journalist. Oh, you had me fooled. Damn. Joe's just, just an audio file. I am one gullible woman. No, it was... It's the funniest thing you said in so long. 
<laughs> so, so with, but Super Mario. So, but do you remember in Super Mario? Because he takes the mushroom and then he gets bigger. Think about that. <gasps> I'd never thought a about reference that. Reference to shrooms. Yeah. Have you ever done a hallucinogenic LSD shrooms ayahuasca? <laughs> yeah, I've done. I overdosed on LSD. When? How, how much? I was and like how? eighteen or seventeen. Did you just get after it before the age of twenty? I mean, do I strike you as a full-on character? What does that mean? I do, okay, maybe it doesn't matter. But I mean, I, I am, I am like, if I if I'm into something, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's consumed. Obsessive a bit. It's consumed. You know, that, that normally doesn't extend to like a whole sheet of acid. <laughs> that would be. That's a lot. It was over time. It was over a couple of days. Oh, so you just like kept on just popping them. Yeah. Mm, all right. I respect it. What was the thought behind continuing to pop them? Um, well, you know, acid is this thing where it's like you can, it's like uh, each time you take it, if you're in quick succession, you need to take twice as much. So it, it's exponential in, in dosage. So one, two, two, four, four, eight, eight, sixteen, sixteen, thirty-two. Whoa. And then all of a sudden you're a hundred hits down and you're in the hospital. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, that was intense. But anyway, uh, very much, why do you want to do ayahuasca? Wait, Claire, come to Peru. Play some RGC, do some ayahuasca. Play some RGC. <laughs> first, thing, first thing you is just go to Cabo, play RGC. Next thing you know, you're in an ayahuasca tent with a monogram tattoo. <laughs> She's like, where's my 750? I'm like, $1, you said, said 750,000 pesos. Yeah, 750,000 Peruvian. USD. Um. How you doing, everybody? Yeah, let's do it. Just check in with the this audience has been for one us. One mess okay? of a podcast. Welcome to Claire Hogel's mind. Give her a round of applause. I have ADHD. Hey, Claire. Claire, intro the show, and uh, we'll give you a round of applause. Wait, is it over? I don't want it to be over. Can no, no, you? intro. We're starting. Oh, over. No, yeah, we're oh, starting over. She doesn't She's want that either. We're cut out. We're starting <laughs> over. <laughs> no. no one's ever done that. <laughs> no one's ever tried to eat the whole mic. So edible. You got this, Claire. Welcome to the Claire Hogel Show. I am here with Derek <laughs> Anders Fung <laughs> from China. <laughs> and we are going to sit here and we're going to talk about Joe Dispenza. I want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Liquid Death. And just and actual death. Just Viagra. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to die, but it's... <laughs> Death happens to every three out of five men. <laughs> For the yeah. age of... Yeah. You, why make dying hard? <laughs> there you go. You put it all together. And all Thanks right. to our audience, everybody. Can, can I ask a golf question? Yeah, maybe we can talk about golf a little bit. That sounds One fun. golf question. That's One it. One golf question, and then Not, we get back but, to the... Before you ask her a golf life. question. Before you ask her a golf Death question. as well. What question do you hate getting asked? <laughs> yeah, what's your least favorite question? You I won't tell you. You won't oh. tell me? Oh, great. No, my least favorite question is... Actually, Claire, we need to jump back. I oh, shot... Wait, what the... What's no, going on? No, we're coming back. No, I have to... I, have, I must do this. This is the pathway this goes down. Ready? I have only broken par once. And you shot friggin' 67? Yeah, it was nasty. Nasty. It was chill. Um, yeah, it was chill. It was cool. 
cool, chill. It's pretty chill, actually. Those are his, those are his <laughs> mantras. He said, cool, chill. Do you want to know what my chill. mantra was for that round? What was it? It was a predeterministic golf mantra. It's pretty good. What was it? Over every shot, I said the same thing to myself that had to do with my equanimity regarding where the ball might go. Uh, okay, I'll tell her. The ball has already landed. So you're literally, you know what you're doing? You're literally just manifesting. You are literally. I no, don't but I'm think, not. I don't think that that was you being like, everything's all predetermined. I think that's you being like, everything is all predetermined and it's already great. Like Not, I not think, great. I, not good or bad. I, no, just I, think, I just think you were just like, I don't know. I just don't believe in predeterminism. Good. Predeterminism. Mic drop. No, it is predeterminism. Or predeterminism. No, but what it's saying is that the ball has already landed and I'm okay with wherever it is. Like, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter where it goes because it never goes where you want it to go. So true. Should we invite Dave into this podcast just for a moment? My favorite human on the planet. Dave, Dave, what's that? Dave, ask one question. Think. Ben Aki, mi amor. Just, just, just the one, Dave. I'm sorry, I came in to grab something. I'm interrupting. What's up? Just ask ask Claire one question. One question. Ask it, and then you don't even get to hear the answer. You got to run out of frame. Okay, yeah, I'm <laughs> That's actually the rule. supposed to um, be here. Claire, <laughs> Clerks. Claire, what's the most fulfilling moment for you on a golf course? All right, see you. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> that was Dave Fink, everybody. Hey, Dave Fink, the man who fixed my golf swing. Round of applause, Dave Fink. Dave Fink. Gotta love him. Got to love him. Okay. Most fulfilling moment on a golf course. Most most fulfilling moment on a golf course. (sighs) Just draining putts, man. I love to make some putts. I just love it. I just love it. Mm. Love to make putts. But that's that's moments. The greatest moment on a golf course is when the ball goes in the hole. That's the greatest moment on a golf course. No, but... Period! Nope. (laughs) You don't have a moment on a golf course? No, like the best moment ever I've ever had on a golf course? Yeah, I think that's what he was Honestly, so random. This thought just popped into my head. It must be the best moment I've ever had on a golf course. I don't know if I would, like, logically be like, this is the best moment I've ever had on a golf course, but it popped in my head, so I'm like, this has got to be it. I was playing Junior World. For the first time, Junior Worlds, for those of you who don't know, I played competitive golf in high school and in college. And Junior Worlds was really big for college recruitment. I had not yet committed to a college. And I was thinking, like, you know, Junior Worlds is, like, the biggest event for, like, junior golfers. At least, like, a worldwide event. Like, there's some, like, larger AJGAs and whatnot. But Junior Worlds is, like, if you win Junior Worlds, it's, like, sheesh. Like, that's a good player. You know what I mean? Because it's the best players from each country coming coming through you know what I mean and sometimes it like weakens the field because like random countries don't necessarily have great golf but they still need to have their like three representatives so then it'll weaken the field because like some like U.S. players can't play because like there's only a certain number of people that can come anyways junior world's a big deal I was playing in junior world for my first time ever I had like don't think I had um qualified for it in like prior years and this first year that I had qualified we were playing at La Costa 
golf club in San Diego, which I have like really good memories there because of this round. But it was a three-round tournament, and there was a cut after two rounds, if I recall correctly. My first round was mid. It was like 76, whatever. And then my second round, I'm pretty sure I shot either even par or under par. But I had like some sloppy holes, and I had a ton of birdies. I just had a freaking truckload of birdies. I was like, every single hole, I was like, oh, this is probably going in. I'm just going to make another birdie. It's cool. Like, psh, what? Seventh birdie? Cool. Um... But there was this one shot on the front nine. It was on this par five. And I wish I could remember what hole it was. Maybe seven. And I hit my three wood over the bunker. It's like this three-tiered green, but it's not tiered from front to back. It's tiered from left to right. So the middle tier is the highest tier. The tier on the left is lower, and the tier on the right is lower. And there's bunkers guarding the low left tier and the low right tier. And the pin is on the low right tier. And it's really, really small. And I hit this three wood. And I'm like, this probably isn't smart. Like, Lord knows I should hit a seven iron layup to 100 yards, hit a wedge in. But I was like, mm, fuck it, we ball. <laughs> Just like dropping the F-bomb on this podcast. Um, it's loud. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of my content, though. Family friendly. And I hit a three wood. <laughs> it was like this baby cut over this like right center of the middle tier it caught the down slope of the middle tier down to the right tier and when i got up there it was seven feet behind the hole straight up the hill like maybe like a quarter of an inch right to left and i drained that eagle putt and it was just awesome because eagles are intimidating i think that's I, i'll talk to i'll talk about why i think that's the most fulfilling moment on a golf course because eagle putts are intimidating for me personally because it's like, I don't know, the, the eagle, like, like an eagle is so rare and it's like you get this opportunity so rarely and I have this seven footer and it's like I could easily miss it or I could easily make it. But like I think I just like managed to stay committed to this seven foot putt for long enough until the point when I hit it that I like made it where it's, like, so easy at any point in the pre-shot routine to, like, let your mind wander and be, like, oh, man, like, what would it mean to make this? And, like, just let your mind wander on things about outcome rather than process. And I stayed so committed to the process on that seven-footer for Eagle up the hill. And I managed to drain it dead cut, dead center. And my grandma was there, and she was so happy. And it ended up, like, kickstarting the round and I made tons of birdies following that and it became my day so that was probably my most fulfilling moment on the golf course that's like vivid and beautiful thanks yeah like everything I saw the green I played there but I don't know what hole you're talking about and I like I saw every moment of it hell yeah that was incredible glad you could all be there with me <laughs> everyone listening you were there too how old were you then I was probably 17 Right. So is there, is it, I mean, because that's like, it's so interesting that we can remember a moment. And there's moments all day long that yeah. we forget. Yeah. Like there's so many things you we forget. You know what Joe says about moments? Tell me. He says that the moments that become long-term memories that become burned and etched into your mind are the moments that you feel the most heightened emotion. So whether it's positive or negative, those are the moments that are converted into long-term memory mm. so i think that i felt super joyful in that moment yeah 
Yeah, joy is a great word. Yeah. Yeah. I love joy. I think that we should play with joy more. I think golf, we give too much of our power away on the golf course to fear. And there's no place for fear. And I think that that's what that deterministic, like, sort of thought did for you was it completely eroded fear. It was like, this is going to go wherever it's going to go. What is there to fear at that point? Yeah. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing weighing on the moment. You just take your swing and take what you get and go from there. Yeah. There's no place for fear in golf. And there's really, honestly, very little place for fear in life. The only place that there's fear in life is like, maybe don't go down a dark alleyway alone as a woman at night. Yeah. <laughs> in a big city. Well, that's like ration, ration. That's, that's yeah, like be like rational. smart. But like living from a state of fear or survival or, or whatever it is, like just you don't get the outcomes you want. So yeah. if you can live from a place of love and creativity and believing in the best possible outcome and just trust and surrender, that's where things start going your way. And that's what I love about golf so much. Like that's literally my favorite thing about golf is that had I not played golf, I swear to you I wouldn't be saying these words right now. I'd probably be like, oh, my God, like, the Dyson Airwrap, like, it just makes my hair so, like, I would just be talking about the most basic stuff. But golf has shown me, like, it's, like, the perfect microcosm for life. That's what I love about golf. It's, like, it allows me to live my life better because I can take away my biggest learnings from golf and apply them to life and then squeeze the most out of life. And so what is that, like, I mean, there's obviously a lot of learnings that people talk about, but for you, like, what is it? Like, what do you, what do you, what, like, if you had to kind of boil it down into your I want to stay words. committed to love and stay committed to positivity and stay committed to op optimism. Like, it's easy to fall out of that, but like, like Joe says, how long do you stay there? How long do you stay? And I truly believe, like, the reality of life is love, optimism, positivity, community, soul alignment like that's that's the reality of life and when you live there it feels so good because you're in alignment with what is true and when we fall into our negative emotions we're buying into like the narrative that is the illusion that things are not as they should be or things are you know, wrong and, and things should be different, I guess. Mm. Um, I just think like, I just think I just, I just like want to commit so much to like love, positivity, optimism, and like joy and like all those elevated emotions. Because I feel like when you live from there, just things happen in synchronicity. Things are like, you just get the most out of life. I just keep saying the same thing, but yeah. in different ways. Um, you're playing the same hole with different clubs. Exactly. <laughs> the, the uh, you know what you're talking about? You're talking about, um, you just said, um, oh, what the, wait, you just said something that made me think about the whole, um, determinism aspect, which is the idea that, um, you said wishing things were different. Right. And yeah. and for me, that's what determinism removes. Yes. Is because it's this idea that no, things are. Yes. As they are. Yes. So you're it's more of an Eckhart Tolle than a Joe Dispenza kind of guy. Dang. Right? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. Eckhart Tolle is all about living in the moment, living in acceptance, being where you are, 
I got to tell you the story of the Chinese farmer. Tell have me. you heard it? No, I have not. Do you mind? Please. Um, so, sorry, we've said it before on the podcast. If You probably haven't heard this, but this is like, th- this This is my mantra, which is sort you of always, similar. You always tell it a little differently every time, so. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our sponsor. It's the Chinese, Chinese farmer. farmer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't have a website, and there's nothing you can buy from him. Um, but he wants to tell you something. <laughs> so, you know, so, so, um, so, it's there's this um, it, it, it 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 incorporates this idea of the ball has already landed. It's it's ultimately there's a farmer in China, a long time ago, and he lives with his son, and they have one horse, and the horse runs away. And everyone from the town comes by that night, and they, the horse ran away, and they say, oh, no, what terrible news. And he said, I don't know. It's good news or bad news. We don't know yet. It just is. And the next day, the horse came back with two other horses. <gasps> now they have three. Brought the homies. And everyone from the town came by, and they said, what great news. Now you have three horses. And he said, well, I don't know if it's good news or bad news. <laughs> and then the next day, the son went out and trained one of the new horses and fell and broke his back. Everyone from the town came by and said, oh, no, what terrible news. He said, I don't know if it's good or bad news. We'll see. Gosh, stop. And the next day, uh, the constable from the military came by and said, we're taking all able-bodied young men to join the military. And he said, my son has broken back. He can't go to the army. And so they, they didn't take him. And then everyone from the town came by that night, and they said, oh, what good news. Your son didn't have to go to the Stop army. Stop it. I can't handle this. And the father says, Does it still go? It keeps going. Good news or bad news? I don't know. We'll see. He's farmer. And the idea of this is that it could go on and on and on and on. So true. And it's impossible so true. to predict the outcome of a given input on a long enough timeline. So the idea of missing a green on, I don't know, 16 at Augusta, if you're Tiger Woods, that could be good news because that could be a defining moment in overcoming the challenges of golf for young kids all over the planet when the ball lands on the green and rests on the lip with the Nike logo perfectly showing and then falls in. Or, you know, like whatever it is. I mean, I, I don't know. So that's... That's where I go with this idea of wishing things were different. If you subscribe to the idea of the Chinese farmer of good news, bad news, who knows, you cannot at the same time wish things were different. Yeah. You cannot believe that there even is bad news. So true. That's so true. You know, I think I'm still like in development of like my overall philosophy on life, but something really draws me to... um, Joe's whole like life is beautiful and like yeah and like the truth of life is that like all is one all is love like I don't know just like I think what draws me to it is that I'm able to be I'm able to be like the most like encouraging positive like kind version of me um to like everyone around me and like in every moment i guess but maybe equanimity does that for you so it may just be something that like whatever resonates you know 
Well, it kind of also includes this idea that nothing's personal as well. Sorry, I was a Chinese farmer. Siri found something about the Chinese <laughs> farmer. She's like, I found a link. <laughs> the discount code's expired. Um, you know, but it implies that nothing's personal. So whatever, whatever quote unquote bad news is coming at you from another being, right? It's not. It's so true. It's not personal. And nothing is personal. Have you ever read the Talk Four Agreements? Are the Four Agreements, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't write the Four Agreements. Did that just happen? That was, Did that just happen? That was wild. Did that just happen? I love Deepak. You know what else he drives? Did you get home? to the point in the documentary where I interviewed Deepak? Yo, you know I didn't I get him? to that point, but I saw that you mentioned that you were going to like. I don't know if you showed the interview guess later. Guess where on. I interviewed him? I got 15 minutes in, but you freaking interviewed Deepak Chopra. Yeah, can you guess where? You've already said the name of the Austin, place. Austin, maybe. You've said the name of the place. You live in Austin? No. Oh, okay. Uh, La Costa. <gasps> Stop it! I'm finna cry. I'm finna cry up in the club. <gasps> Yeah, it was wild. Oh my gosh! Wait, that's crazy. Isn't that kind of crazy, JoJo? I can give Am you I his. I'm tripping out right now. Did we put his full interview on the podcast ever? No. Oh, we need to do that. I have like an hour and Just ten like minute interview. Just like trashing Deepak Chopra. We'll do a we'll, we'll do a week of of content. I have around. actually. We should put that on social. When the be the ball comes out, we'll do a week of content around it. It'll be a year. Why? Of content. <laughs> You've got it in your eye. She she's like, that's such bad news. It's and you're great. like, because there will be so much content. <laughs> and you'll be like, that's such good news. And you're like, <laughs> Chinese there, Don't wish things Chinese were different. Anyway, Deepak talked about um, the best thing a golfer could do is to um, observe themselves playing golf. Right? If you're like, who are you? Who is Claire? Ooh, you asked me that question earlier. You were like, how would you define your personality? I was like, I have no sense of self. <laughs> <laughs> you go deaf. I don't know what I am. I'm anything in any given moment, depending on the energies around me. No, you're talking about your personality. I don't know what the hell my personality is. That's different is. from you. It's bubbly. It's loud. It's fun. But I didn't ask about positive. your personality. But now I'm answering. Okay, anyways. Keep going about Deepak Chopra. But Deepak Chopra. <laughs> ask the question. I'm sorry, Deepak. Ask question, an answer. What question did I have to answer? At, at, ask her the question. Like, who, the question that I was going to ask her. You're going to ask what her, who, who she was. Like, oh, yeah, who, she like, like, are you your thoughts... Are you your feelings? Or the sum of your memories? Are you the sum of your memories? Are you your future desires? Are you your score? Are you your swing? Are you your hair? You know what? That's all depends that all depends upon the dimensional realm that you're existing in. But I think What dimension are you desiring to are you familiar? Do you know what dimension we're currently 12th. in? Twelfth. No. Big into the twelfth dimension. <laughs> No. Um, uh, just to be clear, this podcast is not <laughs> sponsored by uh, CBD or anything like that. Cannabis of any sort. <laughs> Solamente rose wine. Love it. That'd be a great name for a rose brand. Solamente? Solamente rose. Only. Solamente rose. I don't even drink and I'll fucking start whining that shit. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Maybe we don't. And nobody makes Solamente wine until Eric. <laughs> Eric's on a good path. No, I mean, I'll make it for others. Mm, I love that, but just never test it. I make a lot of things like, that Jojo, I Jojo, what do you think? And just trust in Jojo? Yeah. Man, yeah. this, this be, is chaotic. Wouldn't be the first podcast. What's chaotic? This whole friggin' podcast is chaotic. This is actually this is pretty, pretty, this is pretty, pretty, pretty normal, yeah. Um, okay, um, I think that we are all... 
pure consciousness experiencing life through the perspective of the body that we were born into. Um, and so we have an ego and then we have a soul. And I choose not to identify too much with the ego because to me, the ego is very much, we were talking about contentment versus pleasure. Um, the ego is to pleasure as the soul is to contentment to me. So I really try to live through the soul more than I try to live through the ego. So I try, even though I love do my hair and put on my makeup. It's so fun. I like to be a pretty girl. I know that that's not where I should place my worth because it's fleeting. But I use it to my advantage. That was <laughs> what an answer. Was a, I mean, that's like you should just put a suitcase in front of you. What do you you want to unpack or <laughs> what's your plan for that? That does not fit in the overhead. I know. <laughs> I know, Kevin. There's not many times where I just like I got nothing. <laughs> Boom, baby. How often am I vamping? I'm over here vamping, waiting for you to. You <laughs> get in know. here, man. I, we might need you to go to. to go into the ego and pleasure, and then relate it to golf, and then soul and contentment, and relate it to golf. Giving us a roadmap for your own answer. Yeah, I mean, how That's much time do you need? That's a fantastic conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, I'm just kind of like on my back foot here, you know? Like, <laughs> this doesn't happen that right, often. I'll give you guys a moment to recover. I'll just hang. All right, everybody. Did you hear that? Cha-ching. That's your sign to forget about those run-of-the-mill resolutions and instead start your own New Year's revolution. Ooh, look at that. One letter, totally different meaning. It's the sound of starting to sell on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing revolutionizing that was spelled correctly millions of businesses worldwide including random golf club thank you shopify we actually went to the shopify hq down in la once and uh it's a vibe you go in there and they just have every product ever <laughs> it's a remarkably small space to have that capability but hey online is online whether you're selling golf balls or fine art prints oh hint of the future uh shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business we actually use it at meetups too to sell uh we sell discounted products at meetups because um, we don't have a returns program. Anyway, Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS, which doesn't stand for piece of shit. It stands for point of sale system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. Oh my God, I'm still talking. Even if it lets you, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. The point is we love Shopify. And if you have a small business or if you'd like to support one, um, you should you should just go check them out. Hit us with the CTA. Yeah, it's uh, and you can get 24-7 support there. I also love that one. I sometimes call them when I'm just like, hey, I, I don't have a microwave. What do I do here? It says it says two minutes in the microwave. What do I do? The pasta fagiole. I don't know how to cook it. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash EAL show, all lowercase. I know we said the K is uppercase. There's no K in there. So EAL show, all lowercase at Shopify.com slash EAL show. And Shopify.com slash EAL show. One more time for feeling... Joining me, Jojo, shopify.com. Oh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, go do it. Back to the show. I think, Claire, go go down the road you want to go down. We're your guests I today. I think that you guys are on your back foot because I think I just stated pretty much what is probably an absolute truth. And I think that there's a lot to unpack there. Like you said, Jojo, 
I think that there are ways that we should talk about how that applies to life and how that ultimate truth can be useful in our everyday lives. Okay, so I don't think we have the time <laughs> to unpack that in terms of life, but we might be able to talk about it. How much time it. do we need? How much, how much goes on these memory cards? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is probably like a pretty important podcast for you guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, but we talking about ultimate truths. So I think we could talk about it in terms of golf, though. We could. Absolutely. Because what you're saying about separating a part of you from another, literally segmenting Ooh, that pleasure, pleasure from that soul, from that contentment. How do you see that in terms of your relationship with golf and your relationship with videoing and taking photographs of yourself and sharing it with mm. an audience well, like golf for yourself versus golf that is through a different lens shared to the rest of the world what part of that is for pleasure and what part of that is for contentment so my career currently is golf social media and i'm a hot golf babe <laughs> you can already tell <laughs> just kidding <laughs> But that's my brand, and I play into that, and I do it very consciously. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not taking on that persona as me. I'm more, like, playing to that because I know that that's what the audience would like to see. Um, But at the same time, I'm also trying to keep my authenticity and share valuable content. Um, That's probably, hopefully, beneficial to the people that view it at some point. Most of it's just surface level, though, at this point, so we're working into it. Um, Is that what you really think? Like, or is that... Sorry, do you mind? Do I mind? I don't know. I just like I'm it. speechless. It's, it's a it's a it's a podcast. I'm we always watch, try to be I'm a watcher. We always try to be kind to our guests. I'm now sitting outside of my own body. But when you, you know what, I gotta say, what's happening for me? Do you know what's happening for me? What's happening for you? I'm actually looking at you, and I'm and I'm maybe you know I, I'm actually looking at you, and I'm just trying to imagine all of like the other ways you could look. What does that mean? Well, because I mean, we have just bodies, right? It doesn't uh-huh, even, right? it's That's arbitrary. True. So I'm imagining you as like a black dude. I'm imagining you as an old lady. I'm imagining Whoa. you as like all of these other, that's like. Deep. And you don't even yeah. do drugs. No, and that's, that. and that's why I'm not talking, is because I'm actually just looking at you and I'm just like. I do that Whoa. so much. Oh my gosh, I do that so much. Like, do you believe in reincarnation? I, I honestly, like, my soul does. Like, my yeah. mind's like, I don't know. Nobody knows. But know. my soul's like. Yeah, we just out here trying to, like, learn the most from this life experience. Our soul is going to, like, take away, like, its greatest expansion and then go into the next life seeking a new version of expansion in a new way. Yeah, so anyway, I'm just on a trip where I'm just, like, watching Claire, like, I'm just swiping through the Claire's. It's, I'm, I'm seeing it happen, yeah. It's like, I mean, if you look deep into her eyes, you could see it. It's fucking crazy. Just Wait, did you ever here, see... But... <laughs> Did you ever see I Origins? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yo. What are you talking about? That movie fucks so it's so good. Is it I I Origins? Yeah, the letter I. It's about a doctor who's looking into like uh retinal like patterns and then um there's like a reincarnation aspect to it where the eyes are the things that hold the previous soul. This is like a documentary or a... No, it's a okay. Hollywood film. Okay. okay. But it feels like a documentary. But it's not real at all. Mm-hmm. 
but anyway, then he goes and he and his girlfriend dies in an elevator, and he realizes he go, he realizes through some scanning and his software and his research that she, she's now been reincarnated in India. So he goes to India. Oh God! And it's like this like three year old girl that he finds, and he's like. And there is a they have a they have a thing you know it's like a code they they he has a way of connecting and sharing something with her that is only knowable to the to the two people that experience the relationship together, mm-hmm. and it's like profound. Yeah. He became like a pancha lama in that moment. You yeah, know, the guy that. whose job it is to find the next. Dalai oh, the Dalai Lama. Lama. Yeah. 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 These two people who are, are you inter- familiar with interlocked this, with all history. With this process of finding the Dalai Lama. It's really interesting. No. So the Dalai Lama um, figure in, in Buddhism, kind of the central figure in Buddhism. Yeah. And they're reincarnated. But you got to find the next one because, you know, they get their soul gets thrown into a new body. Mm. It's so not like a line of, it's not just like a family. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like, like there's not their kid. Um, and it could be anyone. Yeah. And so there's another person named the Pancha Lama who isn't in charge, but is also reincarnated every time. And when the Dalai Lama dies and gets reincarnated, the Pancha Lama has to go find them. And then when the Panchalama dies, the Dalai Lama go find, goes and finds the next Panchalama. Wow. Do they travel separately? Sorry. Well, I'm, they I mean, there are lots of logistics. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But the way that they find the next Lama is they, they meet a young child who is like 10, 12, 14 months old. Yeah, yeah. And they present them with objects. And these are objects that belonged to the previous being. Uh-huh. So they would take the Dalai Lama's glasses, uh, paired with three other series of glasses, and they would, they would just put them down. And whichever one they pick up, and they would go through that, like, I mean, I don't know to what extent. It could be 10 times. It could be 100 times. So much. And if, if they don't get it right, they, I they mean, throw them back in the out. river. And, yeah. they, you, and then basically, they go down this pathway where there is one child who picks every object correctly throughout this. Entire, and they don't even know they're picking. They're just picking the thing that they're familiar with. It's crazy. Whoa. And so now you wonder, was I a golfer in my past life? Who's on the back foot and now? And if I was, who's on the back was foot I any now? Good? <laughs> it's me. I have nothing to say. Now you're speechless. I'm taking a back. Let's go. Okay, can I ask my question about death? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. JoJo's not done. <coughs> go ahead. Let's say it comes, it's, your, it's y'all's time. When? Right. Forever. Way down the road. And Never. the Greeks, the ancient Greeks got it right. So you, you know, you, you die, they, they lay medallions over your eyes. You're taken to the river Styx, where Charon, the, the ferryman, rivers you across, ferries you across the river. And there are two rivers there, the river Styx and the rivers of Leith. And the rivers of Leith are called that because they're the rivers of forgetfulness. When you bathe in them, you forget all your memories, and your soul is transported and reincarnated back into the world. And the river Styx is a river full of lost objects and memories of your life. And you can wander, th- wander there for however long you want and replay your life and remember your, your, most, your greatest moments, your highest hills, your, your lowest canyons. And you can do this for as long as you want. How long do you think you would stay at the River Styx before you got into the Rivers of Leith? Well, according sorry, to sorry, the wait, show, wait, quantum just... theory time does not exist. Everything is all happening <laughs> on one plane. <laughs> Um, wait, the this, the river of sticks is all, you get to relive all your memories? Exactly. And the river of Leith is you move on. You move on. Forget so everything. one is the book and one is the next book. 
Exactly, yeah, but it's just a question of how long. Like, I'm assuming you would want to take at least a minute and look over some stuff. This makes me sad. This makes you sad. Yeah. Which part of it? I the think moving I on. Wanna, I think I would want to stay in the First River for quite a while. For some I really time, enjoyed right? this life so far. Yeah. But that's not Very sad. Nice. That I mean, that's a wonderful thing. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's a wonderful thing. Well, no, but it's 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 sad because these are things you can't actually touch. You're looking at something that's dead, which is your life. And at some point, you can play memories that are pleasant over and over again, but you're not in them. Wow, they've forgotten you. Yeah, you're you're um, you're looking at it. You're not you're not living in it, and that's the ironic thing about you know like traveling and doing and meeting and talking and 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 like and coexisting is like I don't really I don't know you you like you live a wonderful life and you create a lot of memories, but those memories are actually almost worthless. But can I give you the other side? Because earlier Maybe today, priceless. We, we we were we were. <laughs> what do you mean they're, they're actually? That, those Just words are actually not, quite similar. Just because they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, I mean, worth and price. Not tangible doesn't mean that they aren't infinitely valuable. No, I I agree with you. I'm I'm not. Your soul doesn't live in the world of the. Uh, physical objects and tangibility yeah. your soul lives in the world of like how much did i learn and grow and and experience love and experience the contrast of like pain and suffering to like then you know the heightened emotions of like gratitude and joy and yeah. whatnot well i guess i i try consciously to not talk about the past because oh, and why? i don't think people actually give a shit like, I actually try not to think about the past consciously. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's not really even real. It's true. Right? It's because. It, distorted versions of, you exactly. know, objective occurrences. I'm reading a book that I wrote. Is it even real or is it just the perceiver? Yeah, I just, I think I've grown out of being very sentimental. And now it's more just like, I want to, what? Oh, you just. It's just, it's just, you say that, but earlier today, we go to record a podcast, and we just posted a video when we were recording this. It was awesome. It's one of our favorites, just a recent course vlog, and we put a lot of time into it, and you started watching it, and you kind of, you can watch it for 10 seconds, and then you kept watching it for longer, and it was beautiful and lovely. Like, when sometimes when we watch, we do the show Adventures in Golf. Eric's been hosting it for seven years or so, and even now, we'll put on an episode from Korea. And ten minutes in it into oh my God, it, you'll did turn. Come out today. You'll, I think next week. I'll check. Okay. But ten minutes into the episode, Eric will turn to me because we're doing voiceover for it, and he'll say, "This is why I do this show. I love this." I so, like watching so, it. So I mean, well, bullshit. there is a, there is this bullshit. Fine, but there also is a strange. I have a unique situation because some people have photo albums of their life. I have like an entire media library of the experiences that we've done and they are real. They are authentic. And the, one of the reasons why I like try not to dwell too much is because um, I, I don't know. It's that that's um, 
it's almost like a drug. I don't know. You can almost like get sucked into this thing that's like it's not even real. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we have friendships where we're like, "Oh, remember that time we did that? Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Let's fucking either go do it again or not, mm-hmm. or do something. Like let's and and or let's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I don't have my head fully wrapped around the concept, but I have been consciously trying to not think or talk about the past. Do you want to think or talk about the future more? Do you want to live in the present more? Like, um, what are you, instead of thinking about the past, like, what are you doing instead? What are you feeling? Yeah, like? I mean, I don't really enjoy thinking about the future very much either. I mean, I have, like, my business desires about the future, and I have personal desires for the future. But mo- mostly, I guess, you're asking mentally, where is most of my energy? Mm-hmm. Most of it's centered around um, compassion and, like, really trying to envelop all of my thoughts with like a supportive and positive mindset, whether it's thoughts that are about me or thoughts that are about others or thoughts that are about situations. And so for me, that's why this story of the Chinese farmer really supports like a compassionate response to even the ridiculously random events that occur that are outside of anybody's control. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I don't know, like, disasters, global um, environmental issues, like political issues. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, like there's a lot of things that are happening that a lot of people don't like. But I just don't choose to live in the uh, rejection of reality. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm trying to just accept everything compassionately. Okay. I like that. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think that. What do you think, Claire? <laughs> you didn't what, answer the question. Climbing? What river? How long? Yeah, yeah. What river and how long? <laughs> yeah, I guess I was looking for a prompt. River sticks, river of leaf. I, just, I think that's awesome. Hit it. I guess I personally, like, I admire that. I don't know if I've experienced. Maybe it's like, maybe I have ADHD. Well, I know I have ADHD. Maybe it is my ADHD. That, like, I just, like, find it really hard to live in the present. And maybe that is just me, like, needing to, like, tame the mind more. Mm. But to me, it sounds like you're living a lot in just the present and just, like, being there, not making it mean too much and not making any of it personal, just making it, like, this is an occurrence and this is, you know now the circumstances and we're moving forward from there versus making it like an emotional response yeah i don't know if i've ever really like given that a real go what have you given a go positivity Hmm. let's do you want to answer jojo's question yeah let's answer my question how long would i stay in the river of death (laughs) reflection of life before I go into the next river, which is like becoming my next soul or whatever. Okay, river of death. I would stay in my river of death in human years, assuming I was a human being, Claire, with 24 hours in the day, which is not how the quantum field works. It's a very different way of answering the question than Eric took. I just want to be very clear with you that this is not how the quantum field I actually have works. an answer. It's one week. <laughs> <laughs> is the highlight reel? That's I would actually just, a good number. I would just chill there for a week and then I'd be like, let's move. You're like, D- who the move. fuck was this guy? Bored. <laughs> <laughs> be like, yo, I forgot a lot of shit. 
I'd be like, ah, oh, th- th- so there's where th- there, those were the keys. I left those there. <laughs> I knew I was right about that. <laughs> okay. I'll be like, I'd find the people that stole that shit in Cape Town. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Cape Town story, but it sounds wild. I feel like it's important to set like two parameters. Like one parameter is like 10 minutes. And then the other parameter is like two years. Yeah, like what's a the large, like a low parameter and a high parameter. What are the accommodations like? like <laughs> the River of Sticks. The river, the river it's actually of a united Sticks. routing. The River of Sticks is about reflection, right? And then the other river is about expansion and, and moving forward and resolution, right? So what is the other river about one more time? Can you tell me? It's the gate. One, one, you re- one you'd spend with a movie of your life. Okay. Play it as many times as you want. Okay. The other How long is the movie though. Like, how many times do I watch it through? It's not. You get to pick and choose. You can you watch it at double speed? <laughs> you could two x your life. Also, no, shout out not to y'all recommended. Who, shout out to everyone who's listening to this in point seven. <laughs> Love it. It's a wild one for point seven. We respect all you point seven heads out there. Sometimes I fuck with point seven when I'm like, whoa. I'm like, Joe needs to slow down. <laughs> I hate the person they hired to do Joe's freaking books. He sucks. Yeah, it's not Joe. We should get Eric to do it. Where's I want Joe? We'll reach out. We'll get I want to be reading books. We should read for a living. Imagine if your job was to read books. Dead ass. I'm switching up. Thought about it. Peace out. Thought about it. Thought about it. Also, okay, don't look. What's the name of the book on the countertop coffee table? Don't look. Is it in the shot? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> no idea. We've gone on for what, some time. Answer the question. What would you do, Jojo? What would I do? Thank you. Thank you for asking. I don't know. I think um, I think I probably wouldn't spend very long. How long? What's not very long? Probably a month. Oh, 22 relative. years. Maybe a month, month and a half. A month. A month and a half. You said how long? A couple days? A month and a half. A month and a half in the sticks? In the sticks, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I think I, I already have a lot of I mean, questions kind of I'd like to answer about my life. What questions would you like to answer? I think I'd like to go back and, and look at some of the first words I ever spoke. I'd like to re- re-examine some memories that I'm so sure I remember one way, but I've heard other people tell happen differently. Ooh. You know, Jojo's a thoughtful person. I'm glad we're talking about this because I, I want to up my time in this river of sticks. <laughs> You're like a month and two <laughs> months. I'm like, damn, I, need, I, could wait. I could go back to my first words. I need no less than nine months. That's a nice number. Gestation yeah. period. I need a rebirth. <gasps> I need a I need a debrief on this life. <laughs> but nothing would be sadder than getting well, off I mean, the ferry and someone jumping immediately in the other one. What's that? We take years in school to learn something. Yeah. It takes even longer to unlearn it. To reflect on our whole life. You know what's interesting is, did we talk about Neo? That was today. We talked about it today. I was thinking about that during this. Yeah, because um, you know, I never wanted to be on camera. Mm. Like, I just wanted to make films. And then, um, you know, through like a series of circumstances that were really not like my intention or like intuiting, it just sort of occurred where people were like, oh, do you want to host this video series? And I was like, honestly, I'm not, I'm kind of offended. I don't want to be a host, but. I'm kind of offended. Yeah. Like I'm not interested. And this is pre-influencer too. And it was like before, like 2014. Now uh, you're a golf influencer. It'd be like that <laughs> in some lives. <laughs> so, so they were like. So they were like, do you want to be a host? And I was like, no, thanks. And I'm kind of offended. But, but um, you know, like, I would do it if it was a paying job. And they were like, it is. And I was like, 
oh shit. So then I had to like do this thing. And it's funny because good news, bad news, who knows? Like it turns out like actually that's the thing that I'm really good at. That's the thing that I'm like, you I was, love it. I do. You love to be in front of the camera. Um, well, that's a funny way of saying it, but I love communicating with people and telling stories is the way to do that. Yeah, that's so and true. I'm, and I'm actually good at that. Creatures. Yeah. Um, and so like even going back to like the earliest, like, I mean, cave drawings, it's storytelling, it's communicating, it's yep. like preserving, yep. you know. And even when you go down to like how we learn speech and language, it's you learn phrases and the meaning of phrases, the mm. tangible meaning of phrases. Yeah. You never learn word by word. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about storytelling. That's how humans learn. Yeah. Yeah. And so images are stories, songs yeah. are stories. Yeah. You know, whatever videos or stories. So it's so funny that we live in this culture where, like, YouTube and Instagram, it's like, it's quite regarded as like, uh, it's like considered technology or something. But like, at the end of it all, it's just like primal desire to 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 uh, listen and tell stories. Yeah. And and what those stories do is bring people together. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting. Sometimes they divide people. Very true. Yeah, they very, they're used that way. People together by dividing them from other people. Yeah, wars, propaganda, things yes. like that. Um, a story about the enemy. Yeah, and so it was interesting because today with Fink, we did a podcast, and we were, and I was talking about how like, you know, we were we were reflecting on his life and how essentially he was doing all these things, and then he realized that like that this was the thing that he was like here to do, or like whatever, or like or like it came up in that regard where it was like. Like, I don't want that thing. I tried out. I don't want that thing. And, like, for me, it was a little bit different where it was more like I was, like, kind of pushed into the situation that I really – I wouldn't say pushed, but I was, like – I was called into the situation that I really didn't want to initially do. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, um, like, one moment today in an off moment, I was trying to go back into my own life and, and try and reflect on – I mean, because it would be – in it. If you boil everything down into a wide enough pool, there's not that many different things, idea-wise, concept-wise. Like, like there's there's not that many different modes of being mm-hmm. if you were really to boil it down, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, what are you about? It's like there's only so many colors in the rainbow. Mm-hmm. If you really, it's like seven or whatever. Yeah. I guess so. From a zoomed out perspective. Yeah, I guess so, right, right. And so I was like thinking about like going back into my own life and looking back like all the way back and I was really what I actually wanted this is the thought I had today I was like I would love to go to my fourth grade teacher and ask him about what I was like as a 10 year old because I'll bet going back to what you were saying about like like what were your first words like like I'll bet there were things as a 10 year old that like if I saw them you'd recognize them I'd be like oh my god like me that's I'm still that, yeah. and even though yeah. on a cellular level I'm three times Love different. Inner child work. So it's not the body. It's the soul. Thank you for listening to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Brought to you, you by cut it. Liquid Death and Real Death. What's our What's our timing? One ten. One thirty. That's rare. We just no, we're not done, Claire. Scratch the surface. Yeah, we're literally like this is episode one. Um, no, it's late. We have to get up early. We're going to go play Tiger's golf course in the morning. So there's good news, I think. That's great news. Oh, no. Or Except. is it? <laughs> um, so that's that. Aww.
Wait. Do you have any? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, we need to close out here. We should close out. I think. How many? How many minutes do you want to spend in the River of Sticks in podcast form, reflecting on everything we've just talked about for the last ninety minutes? Just on this podcast, I think I'd want to spend maybe maybe three hours thinking about it. So you're writing about it, journaling, takeaways, applications, next steps. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah wait, same, same. That's what Eric and I, that's our process as well. <laughs> I mean, JoJo does have to edit it, so. This one will take editing. <laughs> no, no, don't don't make it too pretty. I'm not making it pretty, but I'm making it intelligible. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't cut out all my cool stuff. I said yeah. lots of cool stuff. Keep, I like when she's on her BS. I was yeah, on my we're BS. Keeping that. Um, Claire, at the beginning of the podcast, you said you don't like podcasts. You don't like doing podcasts. Oh, yeah. And then you delivered one of the great podcasts. One of the greats. One of the great. My top ten. Oh, stop. I'm crying inside. How was the experience for you? So fun. I feel like this podcast was so easy because I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm going to be me. Wow. Is that a normal? That sounds like it's unnormal for you. It's abnormal. I feel like I used to be more me, but then the content creation game told me I needed to be something specific that people would like. You mean like when when you said, what do you mean told me I? Well, it. Basically, Instagram responds well when you are a hot girl. And hot girl is something that puts me in a box. And like, yeah, maybe I am a hot girl sometimes. But maybe sometimes I'm a deep girl. And maybe sometimes I'm an ugly girl. Or maybe sometimes I'm a masculine girl. Or sometimes I'm a lazy girl. Or sometimes I'm an excited girl. Sometimes I'm a lot of different girls. And I feel like I've been just like put into this hot girl box and it's really hard to keep up. And you mentioned something about that. I think it might have been the first day that we played, actually. And you said something along the lines of like, you create this persona that only exists. It's, it's incomplete, I think, is the words you said. You said this persona is incomplete. And by that, I took like it exists in certain realms, on certain platforms, in certain circumstances, but you can never keep that up entirely because you are a full person Mm. and you don't just exist on an Instagram reel or in a YouTube video. Yeah. And I think that's one thing about the content game is like you have a fear of being canceled and it's true. It's true. You do? And yes, it's true. He told me. And I, I have a fear of I'm sometimes being... Loose. I play it kind of loose sometimes. <laughs> well, you just never know. You know what? I have a fear of being canceled in a different way. Not being canceled because I'm a bad person, but being canceled because I'm not what people want me to be. But I think I'm like learning slowly and maybe I haven't learned it entirely yet because I'm still in denial about the fact that I can't just be a hot girl. Period. Make everyone happy. But... Basically, this podcast was easy because I decided I was going to be myself. And it's easy to be yourself. And it's easy when you just don't worry too much about like, oh, does this line of thought resonate with everyone in this room? You know, like that's kind of how I operate a lot of the time. It's mm. like, like I said, I do a lot of mirroring. And I think it's, uh, it's beneficial for me to just be like, you know, what, I'm just going to show up as me. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, don't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
because yeah, it's just not, it's never beneficial to lose yourself in any situation. You always got to stay grounded, but I guess you can still be curious and still have an open mind to someone else's perspective. You don't have to be like, I'm grounded in my perspective. It's all what I think is right. It's a curiosity, but you don't like lose yourself in becoming what you think the other person wants you to be because that's what they already are, I guess. Right. Yeah. Super cryptic. Hopefully that was intelligible. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Just maybe try to write it out and break it down word by word. This podcast brought to you by Claire's Puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> I just throw out all the pieces and I tell you to put them together where they make sense. Good luck. I don't. I just need to clarify. I don't have a fear. You, you were looking. I don't have a fear of being canceled. This. I say. I don't think. Oh my gosh. But I have a fear. Oh my gosh. I just said so much and you were just sitting there like. I don't really care about being canceled. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Fucking cancel me. I don't care about being canceled. You can do it. Straight up said that three times today. You're afraid of being canceled. Eric, and I then I told, and then I told Bowen. Dave Fink, our good friend Dave Fink, because he was like, "Oh, like I hope, like I don't get canceled for that, because like everybody has a fear of cancellation. It's not unique to you. Just to let you know, everyone's fear- afraid of being canceled. I'm afraid of being canceled. Jojo's it's a weird ass culture where it's like, it's like the Salem witch trials. There should be no cancellation. I told Dave Fink, I was like, you shouldn't be afraid to be canceled because you have a good heart. Period." And if someone tells you, hey, that's actually hurtful to my group of people, you look, at, you look at it from their perspective, that curiosity and being willing and able to step into the, to someone else's shoes and walk a mile, as they say, and you decide, hmm, I guess that makes sense that that could be offensive to this group of people. Thank you for letting me know. I'm going to grow and improve. I'm going to be sure that I am more aware in the future not to say that that thing or not to do that thing or not to wear that thing that is offensive and insensitive. That's all that matters. Cancellation is stupid because cancellation should be reserved for people that are already lost causes. People that are like, oh, I don't want to grow. I don't want to learn. Like, you're wrong. But like, if you have a good heart, you shouldn't be afraid of being canceled. You should just be like, wow, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I was clearly ignorant to that. We're all ignorant to a lot of things. And I guess that's, you know, it's just a, it's a process that's uncontrollable, right? So it's like, I don't, like, there's so much stuff I don't know. There's so many things I don't know what it's like to have or be or anything. And it's like, that's all I think about. And, and I'm, and I can say things, I know myself and I know that I say a lot of things that like, you know, like they're not filtered really much. And, um. I'm here. That's why. That's what that deck is for. It's it's a big. That's the. That's Shout the. Shout out uh, JoJo. Yeah, yeah. We should. Yeah. Priority okay. number one. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway. Um. Yeah, I have a pretty fucked up sense of humor, actually. So. Yeah. Roll with it. <laughs> but roll with it. No, I think <laughs> Eric Underslang. Honestly, and you're you still out there? I know it's still you. You're still with us, listening. Are you there? Thanks, man. Hey. Or woman. Thanks, Whoever. Man, you are. woman. Thanks, are you a, woman. Are you at hey, work? if there is a woman listening right now, please leave a comment and I will send you something cool because women in golf is rare and it's rad. And look at that cat that's outside the window right there. Come here. It's a whole new level of podcasting. There's a, is that inside? The, are you sure that's not inside the kitchen? <laughs> I think that might be. Wait, in that's kitchen. in the kitchen. Hold up. Hold up. The cat is in Someone the kitchen. Bring a camera. Wait, I'd look down for one second. 
uh, Eric and Claire have taken one of the cameras and are now wandering in the kitchen. Unable to let the podcast go at the two-hour mark, they are now seemingly bringing a stray cat indoors, tempting it with a tripod and an A7S 3 that's nearly depleted of both battery and memory. And now that the alley cat has joined the podcast, I am wondering if, and, and as we crest the two-hour mark of this podcast and, and, and bid, it into the, bid into the tides, I would hope that for the two of you in the last month of this year that you find your rivers of Leith around the golf course so that you might take another routing anew. Today is the 8th of December. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but I'll tell you one thing. I've got 23 days to make a hole-in-one. <laughs> Almost happened today. It's my new mission for the end of the year. I love that. Care to join me? Sure. 23 days to make a hole-in-one. <laughs> we start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, Claire, for being you. Thank you. It was Thanks fun. for having me. Thank you for allowing me to be me. If you've still made it to this point, I'm surprised. But I'm also really happy. <laughs> That's how you know who the true fans are. A lot of people will make it at this point. This is a great podcast. This has been a great show. Comment below. I actually would be curious to hear something that you might like to hear us talk about in a different podcast. Ooh, I would love that. You could think about it like a Q&A. Yeah, yeah questions I'll be back that. probably next week and the week after. <laughs> the week after. <laughs> Sounds like I we've got a new podcast, podcast launching. <laughs> podcast are Eric and Claire show. Oh, we should Claire should Claire should do a podcast for us. Thank you.